And good morning, everyone. Good morning. Good morning. Have you ever attempted to be with Paulette and try to get a no? I'm not doing this. <laughs> well, she convinced me that yes, I am doing this. So welcome to everyone. Um, I have many names, as you have already addressed. Rebecca, Becky being one from still, very popular to those of grew up, growing up, siblings, family, high school, Lipscomb, still Becky. So I'm not offended. It's just that my brother couldn't say Rebecca, so we started Becca, then it went to Becky. And then uh, later on, it was like, you know, I think this is stuck a little bit. But then when I became a professional person, then they changed my name to Rebecca. So a lot of the teaching that I will talk about. But anyway, I do have Rebecca, Becky, Purple Lady, Hat Lady. You need to speak up a little bit. Hat Lady. <laughs> <laughs> is that enough? <laughs> All right, Rebecca, Becky, Purple Lady, Hat Lady, Peeps. Peeps was so sad because I had three daughters and they would come home on dates in high school and they would be on the porch kissing. And so I would turn the porch lights on and so they named me Peeps because I was always peeping. It was not a good thing, but hey, it stuck with me. And then here at Otter Creek, I know some of you know, but because you're guilty, you call me trouble. And it's like, really? I have been at Otter Creek for a while and then they'll come by and say, here's trouble. And I said, you know what, this is so sad. I'm just going to go down the street to the Baptist or the Presbyterian. And you know what they say? How soon? <laughs> My maiden name is McAllister. And yes, Jim is here as a cousin. In the day, in our little south of Fayetteville, Hamlet Village named McAllister. Okay, time went on. Jim, I hope you know this story because I'm making it up if it's not. <laughs> so we had people that were bringing their grain to the grist mill, lots of G's, grain to the grist mill to grind, and they would go to the McAllister market. Well, I mean, we have some people in our family that weren't honest. I didn't know them, of course. My dad didn't know them either. But they skinned them, so they changed the name of our village from McAllister to Skinnem. Isn't that sad? <laughs> so, honey, where did you grow up? Skinnem. <laughs> yeah, so on a farm, but this farm was at my grandmother's house, and we three children, having two older brothers, would go to grandmother's farm, and she had loads, uh, well, many acres, lots of cotton, and so we three picked cotton, but if you don't know anything about cotton, they have green bowls that hurt. You know, we'd have fights and, you know, bolt with the cotton bowl. Anyway, that was really not very nice, but we did that a lot. But my sweet grandmother would go and get all of her canned vegetables, tomatoes, beans, and she'd go out to the potato house and get potatoes, and she would cook all meals. And do you know there were people of all colors and we grew up not knowing anything different about skin color. And I just have always appreciated so much how we grew up and how we loved and knew. But that was grandmother. She would feed us all at the table. 
We all say if we had people of color that had funerals or the only thing they didn't want to do with us was to go to their worship because we were boring. <laughs> they ought to see Otter Creek now, right? And, <laughs> and they could shout, say amen, and just do great things. And we were like, I don't think they're going to heaven. That's just so wrong. <laughs> and then in our own little farm, that dad had in mother 27 acres. My job and of chores was to uh, take a little basket out and go get the eggs. And if you've ever been around chickens who love roosters and not love roosters, right. it was kind of challenging as a little girl. Can you hear me, Jim? I got you. All right, 11 to 12 years old, I'm going out to get eggs. And I fought, you know, fought off the roosters and all this. I said, I think that's why I don't like eggs today. I don't eat them. So that was part of it, too. In our little village, I know some of you are so young, uh, do you ever remember the trailway buses before, before, with Greyhound before? All right, so I'm in my little village of Skinham. I'm 11, 12 again. A lot of this is going way back. And my dad at that time did not own the McAllister Brothers Chicken Cook Factory, but it was a business. And so I would stand at the factory there in the little village and wait for the trailway bus to come and pick me up and bring me all the way to Nashville. I was unharmed. It was in the day, you know, so safe. So I, mother would give me a $20 bill, $15 I paid to the orthodontist monthly. And then $2.99, I could buy a blouse at this little department store. And the other $2, I would buy crystal hamburgers. And that's the trade. <laughs> also, mother worked at the Serbin Dress Factory, which is still kind of, Serbin's kind of well known. I think people do, I don't know. And then dad was Blue Ridge Shirt Factory. So I would, um, uh, go say after school because remember I'm a country girl and the piano teacher would do it after school so I would get to stay with some of my little city friends and uh, they were into smoking and it was like oh I don't know about this so there one of the girls whose house we would go her parents owned a restaurant had very good uh, pecan pie and so <laughs> they would hide their cigarettes under Patsy's bed. That is Patsy, by the way, a different one. Jackie has always called me Patsy. Do I look like a Patsy? I don't know if that's a good thing or not. We say Patricia. <laughs> anyway, Patsy would have her cigarettes under the bed and all the girls were going there. I am an accessory to bad stuff because I'm at the front door guarding it's like an accessory to crime. I said, well, I was. So I had to guard the door to make sure the parents weren't coming, as if they couldn't smell smoke. But anyway, that was part of that story. And then another thing that I did as a young girl, you remember the, um, uh, we call them uh, candy stripers now. We had an organization called Little Lamb League, another 11, 12, 13. So we would volunteer to go read to people, older people, or I don't think we sang, but you know, I would go individually on Saturdays probably to um, bring water or stuff. Well, one time this lady said, 
honey, can you take a bedpan to so-and-so? It was like, as far as I know, that person's still on the bedpan because I never, <laughs> I never went back. <laughs> That's why I admire the nurses so much today. <laughs> Had wonderful parents. <laughs> Uh, Dad was an elder for 67 years, so you can imagine, he did just die at 98 in 2009. You can imagine, no dancing, no prom, no alcohol. All these years, my friends are doing so much. They got pretty dresses, they're going here, they're doing that. You can't go. Daddy said, finally, my junior year, he said, you still can't go. But Mother said, yes, you can. So, okay, so I have Chris, and so I said, oh, goody, I know Chris is a good guy. His parents are so well-respected in town, and he's a good Presbyterian. I just know he'll be fine. Well, guess what happened? He was not fine. Somebody else brought me home from the dance. <laughs> oh, my summer holiday jobs. Um, summer. I worked at a hat shop. Interesting, isn't it? Probably I don't know that I got paid anything, but I was there and kind of modeling the hats for the, you know, I'm still a teenager. But when people come in, they, you know, hey, we don't have a mannequin, so are you the real mannequin, so do it. <laughs> and so I did that, and then I really enjoyed in the summer, I'm, this is in summer between high school, college, and so I was trained as um, bookkeeper because um, in that day you had to learn machines and you take off the checks and you know everything. To this day I know what the vice president's signature looks like because he had overdrafts all the time. <laughs> and so I couldn't wait to tell mother and daddy, do you know that so-and-so does problem, you know. But anyway, I did enjoy training there and then they moved me when the secretaries would go on vacation to the president and vice president, there were three guys. They trained me to do that. Well, hey, I had shorthand and I knew exactly how to write those letters. So that was an experience, but the best part was when I was a teller and really got to meet face to face with people and handle money, hey, why not? And so <laughs> that was a summer job as well. So then later, um, I, through high school, college, even teaching, I have not missed a day of school for being sick. And so, there's a little town called Bucksnort. The sage of Bucksnort, which probably would be like a mayor, he put in the Tennessean and the Huntsville Times about me having perfect attendance. Well, so, I said, Mother, did you send me to school sick sometimes? You know? I don't know, but guess what? Vicks. I don't own any stock in this company, but if you haven't experienced Vicks, I mean, we had to put it on our chest. Oh, and then, but today, if I think I'm getting a sniffle, I get a Q-tip, and I still don't get sick. But anyway, I mean, it could all change, but so far, so good. <laughs> but that was my story there. No stock in it's there. But back to the farm real fast. So taking care of the chickens, I said that, but I have a real weird thing, and some of you already know this, and you don't have to dislike me for it, but you can if you want to, but I'd rather you wouldn't. Uh, <laughs> I, we had goats, and I have picked up a thing that goats are, you know, they're kids. They're baby goats. I mean, their kids are baby goats. 
Well, I'm just really so offended when I hear people call their children kids. I have yet to say it. And I checked in the Bible. It's very scriptural to say child, children, <laughs> sons and daughters. So you'll be okay. I won't dislike you, and it's not a salvation issue. But <laughs> <laughs> it is funny. I just think it's respectful. Do you think that's okay, Paulette? All right. Okay. So then, here I go. Finally, I'm getting, you're getting me out of elementary, and I'm going on to college, David Lipscomb College. Fletcher was there, Betty Gillette was there, Minnie Prentice, Barbara, just a lot, wonderful people. Uh, Lee Camps, mom and dad, Gail and Jim, she was one of our campus beauties. They don't have those things anymore. And I, it's some of the happiest days. We had chapel every day, and they did check attendance to make sure you were there. But I was good, and sat still, and tried to be quiet. But <laughs> the, uh, it, we, the reason Chapel and Lipscomb was so special, because you know already I've come from a small town. The beautiful singing, Buddy Arnold, I had all those professors like Baxter, Baxter, Baxter who later baptized my husband from a Methodist to uh, Hillsboro. Um, all those wonderful Willard College, all those sweet people that were uh, wonderful. Then we had beautiful day. Now Dr. McQueen, the new, who's Bailey's niece, uh, is bringing back Beautiful Day the other day. And what that is, if those of you that were there, you know, I'm so, I know I'm so much older than you, but either way, you, he would, Brother Collins would stand in chapel and say, this is a beautiful day. You go, you go wherever you want that day, no classes, picnics, whatever. And so that was kind of a fun thing. Then we had intramural sports. We had football. My older brother was there at the time, and he played football with Pat Boone. So it was a wonderful sport that you could mix. And then tennis and a track, there was a lot of others. But then we had, um, they had a football sweetheart. And so I just happened to know the right people that year. And it was fun riding in the convertible and getting to be the queen or the sweetheart. And then another thing that hasn't, they were, there was always homecoming. I'm not sure that's happening right now either, homecoming, queen. But I wasn't that. But we had something called May Queen. And so that was kind of special. And so if you want to see that I look the same today as I did then, <laughs> I have a picture. <laughs> but anyway, that was kind of sweet. We did the bisonettes. That we would choose 15 from each class, making 60. We all, of course, we wore black and white saddle oxfords, white shirt, black vest, black pants. And we would cheer in a section at all the ball games. Don't think that works either. But anyway, I love being, I didn't know what to do when they elected me president, but I pretended I did. And so we had, had, you know, that fun. Now, another thing that I did, as maybe many of you did too, you wrote in your diary, which is now called journals. We had, did anybody ever, I tried to find it out of my 50-something journals, the five-year diary. You wrote, it was three sentences on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, you know, a whole week. I would say things like, I went to school today. I, I ate mac and cheese. I played with basketball with my brothers. That was all you could write. Well, today I've graduated, and I, somebody gave me five journals at Christmas. I'm going to have to live to be 110, I think, to get through all those. 
but anyway, so that was kind of that part of this, the fun thing too. Um, after, let me see, after I graduated from four years at Lipscomb, got my first teaching job, which was Davidson County then. I taught two years. Then I met my husband, and he was finishing Vanderbilt Law School, and um, this was in 1961. And so we, you know, he was fun, he was handsome, he was smart. Anything you want to say that's a positive, I thought that was true. And so uh, we got married then in, in 196, well, we actually married later in that year. Now, because of respect for him, he passed away in 2017. I have three lovely daughters, you know Brooke that's here. I have three lovely grandchildren and many fine people as a result of marrying him. Uh, so the girls, as we speak, do not know that I'm talking today. And if they find out, that's okay. But I just wanted to tell you some of the things. You've had my fun things. You're going to hear a little bit of dark. Um, not to bore you constantly with it. Uh, because in when I have talked about it publicly before and was asked to speak to people who had this type of marriage that maybe... Uh, and I said, no, I I'm not professional enough to do all that, so I didn't. But anyway, I went ahead and we, we, had, we married in 61. And if you ask me today, what would I say to someone who is seeking good advice before marriage? I would say always, Romans 8:28. that's what I've lived by and I should have started that at the beginning. All things work together. I, would tell them you have to have God first, no matter. And because we're not promised the perfect life, which you all already know a lot more even than I. Uh, and you also need to go through all the seasons. And a lot of you know that. You, you need to date your courtship, all that to make it a full year. I didn't do that. Half of that was all I did. On our honeymoon, third night, third day, coming home, I saw either chemical imbalance, temper tantrums, or bipolar. We knew nothing about anything except I had heard a little bit about two personalities, schizophrenia. So that's what Mr. Alvin actually was. And later, if he had gone to the doctor to be diagnosed, which he was always in denial that he had no issues, that I was always the problem, and some of you are nodding yes, but it wasn't always true. <laughs> but uh, so uh, the dark side is that, you know, I lived in that 46 years because I was told by so many of my friends in the church I could not go to heaven if I broke the marriage vow. And it was like, oh. So, you know, I stayed in it. Uh, we had so many good years. We had many good years. We traveled. I think we've been to 46 states. Um, I loved going, hey, bonjour. I mean, I learned a lot when we were in Canada. But anyway, we did do a lot of good things, and he was such a good provider. He would not allow me to work where I would get paid. That bothered his ego. I'm here to support you you do not make money. So with that being said, I was a stay-home mom that was never home. And so, <laughs> uh, so anyway, we, I did, we did our fashion shows and we did 
uh, like the little boutiques and shops in the small town, and they would ask us me to do different ones of us to do different things. So um, we did that, and um, after many years of doing that, and woman's club, Girl Scout leader, eight years, yes, lots of cookies in the garage, but just being able to, with the Girl Scout program, when it was an annual time for the lady, I can't remember her name, that started the Girl Scout program. Julia yeah, Julia Lowe, how could I forget? We were first name basis, right? And I did not know that. And we would visit every year. I went to the synagogue, went to the Catholic Church, we did all those things, and it was such a good thing for me and that little village to come and say, oh, there's another world I did not know. But that was also a good thing. So we did fashion shows, we did women's club, I got to travel because of being probably an officer in the time and go to other things and meet with other ladies. Sorority was very big in that day, and there was just a lot of fun things that I was able to do. But as a home. We were very successful. Like I said, my husband was successful. I was just there. Uh, we had tennis courts, um, pool, five acres, just a whole bunch, but we got it to share. It wasn't selfish, and he had done earned it well. Uh, on ladies, you know the word mixed bathing. <laughs> So right, sad. <laughs> I know. Isn't that, is that what you did in a bikini? Well, anyway. <laughs> so we had, n we could not mix bathe. So, you know, my husband also was very active in church for a while. And so I knew, girls, we cannot go to prom. We cannot dance. You cannot have boys here, and blah, blah. So I preferred, I did Ladies Day, where the ladies mm -hmm. could come and bring their little children, boys and girls, if they were little, be careful there, and they weren't 12, and so, <laughs> and so uh, the preacher's wife came, but she didn't feel comfortable wearing a bathing suit, so she wore her blue jeans, <laughs> and she swam in her jeans, <laughs> and so then her sister said, um, Becky, is it okay if you take away the Barbie dolls? What does that mean? They're over here on the girls. They're playing Barbies when they're out of the pool for a while. Well, it's causing my little boys to lust. <laughs> I learned, we learned that word early, did we not? Okay, so we did that. Um, <clears throat> then when uh, a building program started at church, um, wait, me should making sure I'm not skipping Paulette. My, my, don't want to get all things done. So while we're in the big house, gospel meetings were huge. They had to last at least a week or it wasn't scriptural. And so <laughs> seven to ten days. Josh mentioned Keith Lancaster last week or week before with his talk. And um, Keith and Acapella came to our little town in Illinois and that um, he stayed with us. There was a hotel, but it was full. So, hey, they stayed with us. Well then, do you know the person, Joe Beam? Yeah, oh my goodness, he came. Now, Alice wasn't with him all the time, but he'd come every year. He said he was from LA, and we thought, wow, lower Alabama. So, 
So anyway, Joe Beam came, and of all things, with him being there so long, I guess he didn't have very many shirts. I had to iron his shirt. I told him later in life, why did you have to have starch on those shirts? Starch on your shirts? My girls don't even iron them anymore, you know. They're, well, they don't really wear a lot of them. But anyway, I had, I had Joe Beam, and he would swim in the pool, but oh, I wouldn't look out. I'd try to go into <laughs> I try to go into town and find a job to do, right? So then the church is growing, and suddenly we're so big at 300 probably that we need a new building. We had the sweetest little building in this town. We needed a new building. Well, committees formed, people pledged. We pledged. My ch uh, the young people emptied their piggy banks. Everybody pledged. Well, Boston movement, Gainesville movement, and at that time, you know, it was a cult. And so Kip McKean and all those people that I learned later to appreciate, I was scared of then. He, we had the cult in the church. So people just left. They didn't bother with their pledge, didn't bother with their pledge, didn't bother with their pledge. And here, the carpet is needing to be paid. The beautiful kitchen with all the woods and all the um, many things that go in the kitchen. If I'm not too familiar with kitchens right now. <laughs> no. Anyway, so they needed somebody to pay the bill. And as I told you in a complimentary, not boastful way, my husband was very successful. So he paid all hundreds, thousands of dollars to get us through that program. Well, till this day, you know, they don't think anything about it. And I assume after 30 years of living there, the church is split. People are unhappy, they go to different places. It's just so sad that it happens. But it did happen. And so, after 30 years of his uh, practice in law, we said, hey, you know, time to go. We our three daughters by then older, out of, uh, Valerie's out of Lipscomb, Brooksy's out of a journalism school in Mizzou, and Natalie's out of MTSU. With my three daughters, I it's time to go. They're all in Texas now. Hey, let's just go to Texas then. So we ended in Dallas, Plano, and that area. I started teaching again because Dad was home and things were getting harder to be at home for both of us, as I have given you history. You can see what was happening there. So I started teaching again. Now you have to remember that we went to some counseling during those times. He would leave before the classes were over and said that's not for him, it's all about me. So that's what that was and uh, so we were, um, you know, there in Texas and I was teaching, taking other jobs. can't remember the job that's called where they, uh, they call you and you could go to different things. I mean, I wore a clown suit one time at some opening of a Walmart store. I mean, he was like, get out of the house, take any job you can. <laughs> but teach during the week, take care of the house and all that. So I had several jobs, but you know, it's okay. So then after many years there, and it was a blessing. I love the church people. I go back four times a year. Yes, that lady that still colors my hair, she's still there. I go see her four times. So if you, I wear a hat a lot of times, it's because I need color. <laughs> not always, because at, uh, not always. But anyway, we did enjoy, um, I did enjoy time there with my friends and that kind of thing. So um, lived there 15 years. So with things getting rough, and 
I was trying to counsel with people here, I think it was Harper Hill, someone there at that time, and try to see what do I need to do. And uh, so in doing that, he said, you should have left when your children left for college, you know, the empty nester, which I'm not crazy about that word. And so finally, it got so bad, I did have to leave and divorce, which I know God doesn't like, and I don't like that word either, but I did. And so I think Romans 8:28, all things work together. It's going to work. It's going to work. So did it. Dad, mother had passed. Stepmother had passed. Um, Dad was now 94 and living in Fayetteville, Skinham. And uh, so I came on board, and I was teaching here. My oldest brother had connect was a, uh, he was connected with Pepperdine in the summers, but he was also connected here that he knew what I need to do to get certified and all that to get from Texas to Tennessee and still keep a few years that I had, you know, taught there. And so I did that. So um, the divorce, I came here still married, 2007, left my husband a note knowing I was coming. He said, I can't wait to move to Tennessee. He said, no, you've got to go to the doctor, get help, and then we'll go. So a year later, I said, our year is up. And he said, no, nope, no problem. You going up there and meet somebody else. It's not, no, I'm not involved. Okay, so there we go. So I continued to go to weekends with Dad uh, on, and then teach during this, in <coughs> Davidson County. Um, was I in Williamson County already? Yes. And so with that being said, I continued that and then he died, he passed in 2009. And now the story comes to Otter Creek, 2010. I come here and it was like, I see a lot of you that I met then. And I started doing the hat luncheons, several of you've been. Others were going to, and then thank you COVID, because, you know, I don't do hats on Zoom very well. And so, anyway, I think we've covered probably a couple hundred people of ladies. But what we did, you could wear your hat, but preferably you go upstairs. I have 113, I think 15 now. If you've seen Facebook, my daughter just gave me that one, and I'll probably wear it Easter. But anyway, uh, you wear your hats, or you, we do the wipes and clean them out. You know, they're good. And we had that lunch, and so I appreciated that. I met a neighbor of my, different story, met a neighbor who I belong to the National Federation of the Blind. A neighbor of mine um, is, she, I teach for her who is not blind, who's not visually impaired, and her husband is. And he, he was not born uh, impaired, so he his, had a car explosion something in Memphis uh, in the day. So the good thing is he's been able to see and, but being blessed, going to those monthly meetings, I would never complain when I think about, they're going to New Orleans, they're getting on their phone, they're getting Uber, they're here, they're going to convention next week. Amazing people. And he, the, the, the um, neighbor as well, graduated Vanderbilt, got his degree, and he counsels with people who have issues. And it's like, where? How did I not see? I mean, it was just a blessing at all. So today, um, I substitute. I do uh, four schools, all public. Let's come up here. Um, then I live in Lux Village, off of Nolensville Road. So I'm very close to Sunset, 
Mill Creek, and um, Sun, um, Nolansville, of course. So it's so funny because I'm so blessed by those sweet little, I'm K through five, no higher. Even third gets nervous sometimes. <laughs> Their math is so different. <laughs> it was like, now you learn your multiplication tables and this is how you do it. No, there's this step and this step and this step. Why? You know, so it's like it's easier for me to do K, kinder, first, and second, okay? I feel very competent there. Uh, but anyway, not. So a blessing for wearing a mask? Yes. Um, well, for a while we said not, not a blessing, but yeah, we're going to do it. Because it, at recess when the wind was so high, it helped me from freezing. And the best thing was it protected me from the children from my lines. And they didn't know how old I was, except they would say, now, how old are you? <laughs> well, I'm older than your mother. Oh, yeah, that's kind of old, you know. She's probably 30 or 40. And then <laughs> I can drive a car. And I went to college. And by then, I've lost them. They don't really care anymore how old I am. So that was a sweet thing. So anyway. Um, Romans 8:28 just did it all, and um, I do say along with the. Um, you can ask questions if you want. I may know the answers. I don't know, uh, but I might tell you anyway. But um, let me see if I have covered those of that. Yes, I did. Um, making sure that I talk. Another thing about the McAllister name. Uh, we have. Uh, I have four family reunions. I may just attend three or four this summer, but the McAllister ones, the Scottish people that come over, and we're the McAllister clan. And uh, so I'm saying that to say that they'll be meeting with the kilts and the bagpipes in September. So that's kind of a fun thing too. Um, so, you know, with four reunions and um, stuff, I'm just gonna enjoy seeing all of you here with or without a hat. So if you think, you heard me say this last Sunday, if you think that my speech is worthy of it, I'm going to pass the hat. 